Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Praise God. Wow. Wow. Holy Ghost is moving here. Wow. Such a, such a mighty presence of um, the Lord in this place and the hunger, the hunger in the people is just, is just blowing me away. <laughs> I didn't. Need, I was sitting there before, and I was sort of thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up, get up and um, share with you. There's just such a strong presence of the Lord here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for the privilege and the honour to come and share, Lord, with Karen Downs Campus, Lord. Jesus, I just ask that, Lord, only let me share what it is that you want released in this place, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you will be glorified, Father, in everything that I say. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, while I was sitting there, I had... I had prepared a message and I thought it was really good but while I was sitting there the Lord has changed it a little bit and he he has a right to do that doesn't he it's all about him thank you Jesus thank you Lord so Pastor Phil and I are from the Gippsland campus in Warrigal and we have a great um, congregation there, great group of people that are really growing in the Lord, that are hungering and thirsting for more of God and uh, step, they're stepping into what they carry for kingdom and that's, that's our heart is to see the sons and daughters step into what God has for them and it's a real joy, isn't it Pastor Phil, to just watch the development um, in the people. Praise God. But there's something about having a building. We rent a building and it's a, it's a great building. But just seeing, you know, the list of things that are happening during the week here is, is just so exciting to see. And uh, so I'm going to be more diligent in praying for a building because there's something about having your own place, isn't there? Hallelujah. At the beginning of the year, um, Jesus um, gave me three visions of himself and he started to reveal himself to me as the shepherd. In the first um, vision, I I, uh, saw a picture uh, of Jesus and he was up in West Gippsland, which is the area that we live is, is West Gippsland, and in that vision, it was like um, big Jesus up in the atmosphere. And it was like I, I, I went up and I was just looking at him and he was overlooking Gippsland. He was overlooking from the west through to Gippsland. And in that vision, Jesus said to me, my shepherds, my shepherds have been striking the sheep. They need to strike the ground. 
And I felt that that was a real strong word to leaders and pastors, to ministers, that we don't know how to take the land. We don't know how to take the ground. And so what happens, you know, somebody is called to, you know, to lead a group, to run a church, and often things don't go the way that you want, and you can become very discouraged. You can get burnt out, you, you can get really tired. And so what starts happening, and that disappointment can start to take over, and your focus, your focus can be not on the Lord, but on the, the, you know, the people and these expectations and, you know, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? I've been training you to do this and you're not doing that right and what have you. And so there's a, you know, it can, it can get very unhealthy. And so Jesus was saying to me that he's going to teach the shepherds how to strike the ground. He's going to teach his leaders how to strike the ground. And I believe he's going to teach his sheep how to strike the ground, to take the land. Then the second part of the vision, um, Jesus was like sitting over South Gippsland. And in that one, once again, he was big Jesus. He was big Jesus. And, and, and I, w- I was caught up in this vision and... Uh, Jesus looked at me and he said, they say they know me. And then with tears he said, but they don't know me. We say we know him, but we don't know him. And I believe that this year that's, that's coming back to really know him. Know who he is. Know what he has done. And then the third part of the vision, this applies um, to all of Gippsland, and I saw this highway going from the east of Gippsland right through down to our end, and I saw this highway And at first on the highway, there were people like bright lights standing on the highway and they were the ones, they were the ones that uh, would not deny Jesus. They were the ones that were not frightened to say who they were and uh, what they stand for, what they believe. But there was only, it was sort of just spaced out along this big freeway. And then around, I I saw a great darkness started to come around And then doors of houses started to fly open and people started to come and join those that were standing on this great highway. And then Jesus appeared in the vision. Once again, he was big Jesus and he was standing over the highway in like central Gippsland and um, he, he was the shepherd. He was the shepherd of the sheep and the people that were coming and banding together in unity, no denomination, as the body of Christ, they were coming together and making a stand that this is who we are and this is who we believe in. It's Jesus. 
And I just saw that highway just fill as that great darkness was around. So I really believe this year that Jesus is revealing himself as our shepherd. We need to know him as our shepherd. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Revival now. It's now. It's Jesus in us now. We don't have to wait for it. It is now. In the 1960s, three ladies started praying weekly for their church. And as they asked God to search their hearts, they based their prayer on Psalm 66, verse 18, which says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Six miserable weeks followed as they dealt with the subtle sins the Holy Spirit brought to their attention. Then the Spirit released them to pray for God to pour out His Spirit in revival on their church. The next Sunday, the Spirit moved and God granted them a refreshing six months of a revi- the, the whole church revived and just a harvest of salvations began. So we're praying, you know, we've been praying for a move of God for a long time and I believe it's here. We're in it. We are in it. Psalm 66, 18 again says that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. The issue is not in the fact of having iniquity in your heart. It is a regarding of that iniquity. The regarding of sin is disregarding God. While God does not turn away from his children, we can hinder our fellowship with him through such disregard. Sin must be dealt with. It must be acknowledged and owned And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us and restores that unhindered fellowship with God. So just as those ladies were praying, you know, for a revival, what did God start to do first? He started to deal with the things in their life. And if I really believe that, you know, Um, just as Pastor Phil and I are experiencing, there's a deeper level of dealing with things in our life. The things that you could get away with before, you you don't want to get away with 
because you want all of Him. You want this Holy Spirit to be free to move through you. In Habakkuk, I was reading um, Habakkuk, um, when Habakkuk prayed, uh, Habakkuk 3, 1 and 2. This is the, re- the Revival Bible that um, we got from a guy in um, New Zealand and it's just, just been such a blessing. I actually got it Christmas Day from my daughter and son-in-law. Thanks, guys. I think they're watching tonight. Praise God. So Habakkuk 3, verses 1 and 2. And it says, or verse 2. O Lord, I have heard your speech and I was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. So Habakkuk's praying. Habakkuk was, was both a priest and a prophet. So he had a twofold responsibility to God. He ministered in the temple. He did the work of the Lord there. And pre- to preach righteousness to Judah. So Habakkuk was being told by God that the Babylonians were going to destroy Jerusalem and Judah because of their sins. And the, some of the sins are listed in chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2. We'll just have a quick look at that. Okay, verse, I might read from verses 6, 6 to 8, and it says, what is it, Habakkuk 2, yes, yeah, 6 to 8. Will not all these take up a proverb against him and a taunting riddle against him and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his, how long? And to him who loads himself up with many pledges. Will not your creditors rise up suddenly? Will they not awaken who oppress you? For you will become their booty. Because you have plundered many nations, all the remnant of the people shall plunder you because of men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and of all who dwell there. I'll go on to verse 9. Woe to him who covets evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many peoples, and you sin against your soul. For the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the timbers will answer it. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, it is not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labour to feed the fire, and nations weary themselves in vain. Verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Praise God. 
And it goes on there to talk about the drunkard. So some of the sins that are listed there in Habakkuk 2 are drunkenness and violence, idolatry, exploitation of people, selfish ambition, covetousness. So God was going to judge Judah and Habakkuk was fearful. So he cried out to God and he said in Habakkuk 3, 2, revive the work of God in the midst of the years. And that is what we've been doing for a few years. And there's some that have probably been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years. You've been praying and praying for a move of God. And over that time, we have seen moves of God. I know in the 80s, when I got saved in Morwell, I was 16 years old, and there was a move in that church. There was a move of the Spirit, but it didn't stay. It, it, it's, it died out. So I've been praying, you know, from the age of 16 for a move of God. At the age of 17, I, or 18 actually, 18 to 21 years, I lived as an intercessor. And I was uh, a part of a church and they actually employed me as an intercessor, which was just amazing. Um, when I say they employed me, they provided my um, accommodation and uh, food and any needs that I had, they'd give me a little bit of cash. But I lived a life of totally dedicated to God. I didn't go out and party. I didn't go out to all the functions that all the other young people would, were going to. I just had a heart for God. I wanted to see God touch the nation. I wanted to see people's lives changed. And so, you know, I, in the beginning, it began as, you know, 10, 15 minutes praying but by the end of the time, it was very easy to pray eight to ten hours a day, but want more, more of him. Just wanted to, you know, I, at times I just wanted to go, I just wanted to walk on and just go to heaven to be with him. But like Habakkuk, you know, looking at the state of the nation, I, I looked at the the, the, you know, the town that we lived in. I looked at the state of my family. We pr I was with another lady at one stage and we, you know, it was just um, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed on your face, praying, calling down God. You just wanted to see people set free. And God in that time started cleaning me up. I remember walking into this lady's bedroom. Um, she was putting some clothes on a coat hanger and I, all I did was I walked into her room and the conviction of the Holy Ghost hit me and I just went back against the wall. I couldn't stand up and I just I sort of went to the ground. But there was a conviction for sin. There, there was, I, I don't know that I was doing anything, you know, greatly wrong, but there were areas that, you know, I needed to clean up. See, in the end, we're anointed as, as believers. 
in the anointing, sin can hide. But when it's the glory of his presence, sin cannot stay. If it's truly his presence that you're in, the glory, you, everything that is within you that is not of him, you just want to get on your knees and repent of. Thank you, Jesus. Charles Finney said that revival, revival is a new beginning of obedience to God. And it is. Who is finding that with what's happening? It's like you've got to do what he says. You can't step outside of what he, if he's telling you to do something, you, you've got to do it. You want to do it. You love him. You want more of him. You can't live without him. And this is what's happening in people's lives right now. Revival is simply when God's people get right with God. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Everyone will know this, but I'll read it to you again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And we know that our land needs healing. So revival involves God's people, humility before God, prayer to God, seeking God's will, repentance towards God, and it involves the working of God, the move of the Holy Ghost, the move of the Spirit powerfully. And that's what I see here, Pastor Alex, just coming in the building today, something's happening here at a deeper level. Thank you, Jesus. So God's dealing with sin in our lives. One of the, um, my son-in-law, um, he, he had a dream and he came and he shared with Pastor and Phil and he said, I had this dream and uh, he said, it's like all the foundations under me were shaking and were falling apart. And, if, and uh, there's a lot more to it, but that's just summing up what he said. And, in, and from that time on till now, he's just been going through this incredible shaking and this almost turmoil within. And the foundations of things that were in his life that he's been standing on that he thought were secure and okay, they're just shattering. How he saw God... How he sees people, like it's, it's like God's just pulled it out from under him. And he's just been on his knees, just in repentance, dealing with emotions that have just, he just doesn't know where they're coming from. Do you know what I mean? He's just so hungry to see God, so hungry to, to, to flow with the Lord, to do what God wants him to do. And so 
some of you might might have been feeling that um, this revival, it, it's good when we all get together and I just love it and there's just a move of the Holy Ghost. But when you're in your home time, things are feeling very different and it's not always a good feeling because there's a shaking going in you. The more that you get exposed to the glory, the more that you sit in his presence, things in you are going to come up and you need to let them come up. You ne- Don't bury them, don't push them down, don't run, don't run. Let it happen. Holy Spirit is with you. He's there to help you through it. He is our helper. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When you, in the, in the book of Acts, Acts 13, I just felt that I, um, God wanted me to share this. When you have, you know, things are not right in our lives, you, you can't hide from God. You can't hide anything from God. And with um, a couple in the Bible, Ananias and Sapphira, um, they lied to the Holy Spirit and they both fell dead. Like we, we're coming to a time that we need to have pure hearts and clean hands. We need to deal with anything that the Holy Spirit's bringing up. I don't mean that you need to sit there and try and think up 20 things that you need to deal with. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying that as the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, you need to listen to what he's saying. As things come up, take it to Jesus. Take it to the cross. Repent of things as they come up. If you need healing, if there's areas of unforgiveness, it's a really big area. And the, with unforgiveness, the pers- the, we hold it against ourselves more than other people often. We can't forgive ourselves sometimes. There's things that we've done in life and we just hold ourselves to account and we will not forgive ourselves. And it, it's time that you forgive yourself. There's things you've done. We've all done things that we're, you know, ashamed and, you know, we've been through the guilt. But God's saying to you, it's time to forgive yourself. I know Pastor Phil many years ago, uh, he had, um, when he was going through a really tough time and he went away for a week and he was just just really battling Um, you know, towards God. A lot of things had happened that caused so much disappointment, just brokenhearted about things. And he was just so angry. And so he would express that anger towards God. He's just so angry at God. So this particular morning, he woke up and he had lost his mind. He couldn't think. It was like he was a madman. And we were in the middle of a harvest season and we had 30, about 35 employees. And so I knew that he couldn't go out there to the paddock. So I said, just go, just get your fishing rod and get in the car and go. And just go and sit somewhere. Catch a few fish, just sort of, you know, um, get some downtime. 
Anyway, when he came back, he said that for two or three days he just fought with the Lord. And then, was it about the third or fourth day? Fourth day, it was like the Lord showed him, you're not angry at me, you're angry at yourself. Because he had such expectations on himself to achieve, to do these great things. And it never happened. Everything that he was trying to do was failing. And so we can hold unforgiveness towards ourselves. And we need to go to God and we need to, to, to allow him to minister to us in that. He died for us on the cross. He forgives us our sins. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Some of you need to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Then another scripture that I, uh, Acts 13, I felt this is actually a word to some, some people. I don't know if they're in this room or watching. This is when Barnabas and Saul were sent out together. They went out preaching in Cyprus. I just want to read this to you. So being sent, sorry, uh, it's Acts 13, verse 4, and it says, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing these right, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the pro-council, I think that's a governing over the province, Sergius Paulus, he was an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to seek out the word of the Lord. Verse 8, but Elmas, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, he withstood them, seeking to turn the pro-council away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and he said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teachings of the Lord. And I just believe that there's, there's people out there that that are planted, they're plants, and they've come in 
to the churches. They've come into the works. And this is a word for you that you're on dangerous ground. You're on dangerous ground. God really loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sin. It's time for you to repent. You're dealing in the wrong kingdom. You're dealing with the devil and he'll take you out. He'll destroy you. And there's many people that are probably here that could testify where they've been on that path where he tried to destroy them. But I just want to say to you that Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you. And if you're here tonight and you're messing around with witchcraft, sorcery, God wants to meet you tonight up the front here. God wants to, he wants to speak to you. He wants to set you free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So revival is not restricting the Holy Spirit. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work in our lives. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray. I'm just going to pray in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Phil, did you want to share just a couple of scriptures that you had? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. The reason I'm saying, Pastor Phil, just a couple of scriptures, because he loves preaching. And so I've had to learn. But the day's coming, Pastor Phil, when you'll just be able to just go for hours. And it's not far away, is it? You know how Deborah was, uh, Debbie was speaking of the devil? You know that Jesus came to give life and life in abundance. But the devil comes to kill and destroy as Debbie was saying, if you muck around in witchcraft and sin like that, you're on dangerous ground, especially if you're coming against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus loves you. He wants the best for you. He's so desperate to have you in his kingdom. There's two kingdoms in this earth, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And Jesus is light. His life is light. He said in John, my life is the light of the world. His life is light. He is perfect love. He poured his life out for you. He poured out his life and gave it up to every person on earth. He is the life giver. Jesus come to give life. He died that you could have life and life in abundance. He is the only way, the truth and the life. Life is in no other. There is no other name that you can be saved by. He is the King of glory. He is the King of kings. He is the victor over sin and death. 
He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus loves you with a great love, a love that surpasses all understanding. He loves you with a great love. So if you're online or wherever you are, come to Jesus and receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Jesus is the only way. He is the only way. He's the only one that died for us so that we could be free. He died to pay the price for our sins. He died so that we could live, live in Him. You know, we can have this union with Jesus. So if there's anyone here tonight that needs to know Him or you're caught up in things, come forward. Friends, can we give it up for Pastor Deb and Pastor Phil? It's uh, interesting you mentioned about the witchcraft stuff because um, I sense that in my heart uh, earlier today that there is people perhaps who've dabbled in this area, say, let's say up here as well, um, of spirituality in the occult, in the new age. You've um, done tarot card readings, um, psychics and things like that. You think it's uh, innocent and harmless, but it's actually a door into uh, the satanic. The Bible says the angel of darkness or Satan and his devils parade as angels of light. It looks innocent, it looks nice, it looks harmless, but it's full of demons. And you're wondering why you can't sleep at night, you're hearing things, you're being tormented in your mind. There is this oppression that is happening. And I, I, I remember Pastor Jimmy um, from Tuesday night that shared at our Sunny Coast Revival. In Toowoomba, they had 100 days of revival and it started to change the atmosphere. So much so that there was this psychic at one of these festivals, you know, these New Age festivals. And she said, I'm spent, I'm tired to a colleague. Can you just do a reading for me? And this colleague did a reading and said, you're going to have a, a counsellor, a comforter. Let me just see and spell it out for you. And it was the Spirit of God just took over. He is sovereign. He can do whatever He wants. And it started to spell J E S U. As soon as she said that word, that lady who's seeking counsel, full gothic black, pentagrams, tattoos, lost all power to see in the spiritual world. She lost all power, all that counterfeit power. She finds out about this revival. She goes to Pastor Jimmy's church. She feels compelled and she just goes to the, to the whole team. I need my power back, but there's, there's something about this Jesus, uh, but I want my power back. And there's this fight within, there's a fight within you tonight. And she said, uh, but I need to go too. I want to leave, but these two men are pinning me down. There's no one, but these two angels holding her down. Pastor Jimmy says, I'll do a trade with you. We'll let you go if you give, promise to give your heart to Jesus. Life is short, you're destined for hell. 
She said, yes, but she bolts for the door, an unlocked door, she's trying to pry open. God loves her, it's too much to let her go. She gives her heart to Jesus. She was set free from demons. And tonight, there's people who dabbled in this area. In the past, you're online, you're watching. Without anyone looking right now, every eye closed, head bowed. Let's just stand to our feet as well. Pastor Phil said, Jesus is the only way. The Bible says, I am. Jesus is talking about Himself. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If anyone needs to get right with God in this place right now, without anyone looking around, can I just get you to quickly raise your hand, be bold and brave and raise your hand right now in this place. Is there anyone in this place? You know you've sinned, real false sin, the Bible says, and fallen short of His glory. And you've never got right with God. Or perhaps you're living a secret life of sin and tonight you need to repent. The Bible says, show your fruits, show your fruits or bear fruits worthy of your repentance. Is your heart also not burning for God anymore? Have you gone cold because of that sin, because of that secret sin that you continue to feed in the dark? And you need to repent tonight. Do you need to repent tonight from unbelief, from turning away and running from God? In your own walk, you've been disobedient. I was disobedient for a season thinking that I could just maybe do things my own way, not listening to God. Just like Jonah. Repentance is not a bad word, friends. Metanoia in the Greek is repentance, change of mind, change your mind towards the kingdom of God. Repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your mind about the kingdom. It is at hand. So one more time, no one look, looking around. Does anyone need to get right with God? Can I just get you quickly raise your hand? Let's just pray this prayer just in case there is someone in the room. Pastor Deb, can you just lead the sinner's prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love John 3.16 because that's the Scripture that, that I prayed when I got saved. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I just want you to repeat this after me. John 3, 16. For God so loved me that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just repeat these words as well. Say, Jesus, I thank You for dying on the cross for me. I ask for Your forgiveness. Wash me clean. 
enter my heart. Be my Lord and Saviour. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What must you do to be saved? The Bible says, call upon His name. If you believe in your heart that He died and rose again and confess with your mouth, just like you did, that He is Lord, if you make Him the Lord of your life and you confess it and you continue to confess it, then you shall be saved and then bear fruits worthy of repentance. Matthew 3, verse 9. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.